Hello and welcome to the Biz Design Enterprise Architecture Podcast. My name is Will Scott, and in these podcasts, we talk to leaders in the areas of enterprise architecture and how they and their teams deliver value to their organizations in advancing strategy, optimizing operations, and reducing and managing risks. In this session, we speak to somewhat of a legend in the business architecture community, Roger Belton. Roger is president of the Process Renewal Group and longtime chair of numerous industry conferences, including Building Business Capability and IRM UK. He is also an accomplished author on the subject of business architecture and has recently published his new book, Business Architecture, Collecting, Connecting and Correcting the Dots. So let's go to that interview now. So, Roger, thanks very much for joining us today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. It might be useful to our listeners for perhaps the few who haven't heard of you, because I know you're well known in this space. If you quick introduction to yourself, what you do, and perhaps a little bit of a potted history of your background. Yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's maybe not an atypical uh, background. Um, I started my career as an industrial engineer, and which means I like to fix things. Um, and so, and, and having worked a number of years in information technology, I gradually found myself finding that organizations were the things that were broken more than systems were in a lot of cases. So I started up a company process renewal group in the mid nineties to sort of bring sort of that discipline to the process world. Uh, and gradually, gradually, gradually over that period of time realized that architecture was important. You can't just fix a process that's not important and, and so on. So um, I started to move into business architecture and do a lot more work. So it's been a gradual journey to the point now where uh, business architecture is quite, quite uh, popular, quite common, um, and organizations are changing so much that they need some structure. That's what I've been working on. It might be useful as well because, you know, sometimes these terms have different meanings or people understand them differently, you know. Tell us what you, your definition of business architecture is. I mean, I've heard it's business capability, it's business process, it's organizational structure. What's your, if you had to encapsulate business architecture, what would you say? Yeah, well, I, I think that, that to me, business architecture is all three things you just mentioned, but those are three of the many things that are in business architecture. And so uh, when I wrote my most recent book, I called it Collecting, Connecting and Correcting the Dots. Well, the correcting comes from my process background. The collecting is what's the organization? What are the processes? What are the capabilities? What's the data? It's the connecting where I think business architecture plays, where you find things such as, well, if I'm going to make a change to a process, what are the capabilities that impact? What are the data? If I'm going to fix a or a build a capability, what are all the processes that, that need it and require it? And what difference does that make to the people, who, the stakeholders of the business? It's the connections. It's how you get things working with one another so you don't have unintended consequences of change. Right. And when you think about um, enterprise architecture and business architecture, is there a bright line between those two things or is it kind of blurry and gray? I get the sense it's more blurry than it is bright line. What's your sense? I think, I think it is. I think that it's interesting that business architecture sort of emerged more than, more than having come up as its own discipline. And enterprise architects uh, who are trying to make sure we have the right systems capabilities and so on, historically at least, have discovered they need to know how the business needs to work in order to make those right kinds of decisions. So they gradually moved and morphed in looking at the business side. Uh, business process people, um, they're very much looking at, well, how does the work get done? But, but if, you, if you don't know what the strategy is, how can you define the work? 
And also, if you don't know what you need to build to make it work, then then that's going to be an issue as well. So I think the process people have gradually moved into it. The enterprise architects have moved into it. And the business people have realized too. So it's been this, and there are fuzzy edges. To, it really depends on who you ask. But I think it's all of that. Right. I mean, I ask that because oftentimes enterprise architects will use the terminology of connecting the dots. You know, you've got, you know, strategy to business capability, to business process, to application, to technology, to, you know, and and turtles all the way down, as they say. At some point, it terminates somewhere. But um, so that, that same concept of connecting the dots is used oftentimes in the EA world as well. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and it's, it's not unusual to see that. There's still a number of people out there who see this as, a means to an end. In other words, I have business architects so I can build systems as opposed to saying we need systems so I can execute the business in the right way. Um, I think it's perspective. I think all those perspectives are important. So I have no problem with anyone saying they're doing business architecture as long as they're looking at all the dots, not just three of the dots. I get, I understand that. Um, now, Roger, I know you're the chair and co-chair of a number of conferences in this area, the business, building business capability one, which we've not run for a couple of years, but I think that's happening again this year. Um, but also the IRM UK Business Architecture and Enterprise Architecture Conference as well. So, you know, as we're now in 2022, what's your view of what's going on in that world? What's new and interesting in the world of business architecture and what we might see at these conferences? I, th I think one of the things that I see that's new is that People have stopped having the methodological dogmatic wars over, um, well, I'm going to be a business architect, so I'm going to define a capability map, and that's all I need. Because my job is to build capability, so I, that's all I need to have. Whereas other people might look at it and say, well, hang on a second now. I want to improve how the business works. I want to transform the operations of the business. So therefore, I need to look at how my processes work because my processes deliver value to my stakeholders. Um, we'll get to capabilities later. And, and, and then you've got the data people trying to get better data quality so they can do analytics and insights and so on. So I think what has happened is I think people have stopped fighting the good fight. And it's not a religious warfare anymore. And we're everyone's starting to see that we need one another in order to make this, uh, make this work together. If we can do that, we'll, we'll go, we'll go for world peace after that. So. Okay. That should be a. The simple thing to do. And what do you think has caused that? I mean, surely COVID has had a massive effect to all of our lives uh, and business and personal as well. And it's certainly very much changed the way many enterprises operate, if not for anything from a, from a workforce point of view. Has that had an impact on the change? Um, I don't know if it's had a, I think it was happening anyway. COVID, like, like, like with many things, I think has accelerated some of the things, the way we think about things. But I think we were well into that thinking change anyway. It started 15, 20 years ago, um, and there's this religious, as I said, religious war almost. Um, but and now I think people are realizing that you can't do one thing and solve all problems. Matter of fact, that's part of my part of my mantra: that that if anyone comes along and says I've got the one answer to everything, then run away, because right. there's never one answer that, that solves all your problems. And do you think any changes in? And this is kind of a leading question here, but one of my observations is. You know, we've certainly had outsourcing for years and years, but it was quite definitive outsourcing. Yeah. My IT department is being outsourced. I can draw a bright line around that particular right. thing. Right. But now the use of partners and outsourced partners and internal staff <laughs> is very much more blended. And so the whole nature of the workforce has, has 
changed its shape, it seems to me. Is that forced more rigor in business architecture? Well, it's interesting because a lot of people look at business architecture and say, we're an, we're an organization, we're a legal entity, we're this organization, we're doing this work. What, is, what are our value chains? What are our value streams? What are our capabilities? What is it that we have to do in order to make ourselves more successful? But really, so many organizations today are part of an extended value chain because quite obviously the consumer doesn't care about your org chart. It doesn't care if you've got five partners. You can't tell your consumer, oh, it went wrong because somebody else screwed up and it's not our fault. They're looking for value at the end, from, from the end to the end. And so I see organizations like, uh, there's a, a transit corporation I work with. Well, we've got the transit corporation. We've got the municipalities who are responsible for r- routes and schedules and things like that. We've got bus operating companies responsible for maintaining vehicles and getting drivers on them. We've got people like Google who will give us Google transit information. Well, for the consumer or the, or the, the transit rider, they need all four of those coming together. So one of the things we did in that particular case is we treated the enterprise as being all four entities and doing it from the point of view of the bus rider and not from the point of view of those other entities. So I think we're seeing more and more of this. These, these extended, extended value chains are more and more important. You can't just fix your part. You gotta, you gotta get all of it working together. And that's where architecture is critical. So would you say that the, the value chains are becoming less you know, they used to call it vertically integrated, less vertically integrated, where there's multiple different entities participating in that value chain and therefore orchestration uh, across those entities is more important than ever. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I always feel that I tell all my clients that your job is to make your customers customer success, not just your customer. Right. So you, you've got to, again, we're back to connecting the dots. So those are a bunch of, but these dots are in different legal entities. Uh, and maybe with different systems and different uh, organizational structures, the, the bus rider doesn't care. The bus didn't show up and it doesn't take me where I want to go. Then I don't care whose fault that is. I'm not taking the bus. I'm driving my car. It's interesting. I, I see an example. I happened to be talking to a colleague recently who's in the in the retail space. And he was giving me an example of this sort of complex Byzantine world of of retail. So I might go to a retailer's website, order a product, that product is actually not made by the retailer or stored mm-hmm. in their facilities. It's drop shipped directly from the end uh, yeah. manufacturer by a third party shipping company. And then it's billed by another organization. And then when I receive that product and I no longer want it, or it's defective, what have you, if I then go to one of the retailer's physical bricks and mortar stores, they then have another partner they use to manage the whole reverse logistics and shipping that back. I mean, it was it was dizzying how complex, and then refunds were involved as well. How complex this were? There must be at least half a dozen material entities involved in that that process. And, and this is this is this is why um, processes are not going away like some people would like them to, because you have to have a process to make all that work. You've got to get the information flowing. You you've got to get you've got to understand what success looks like, and the, the, when the person wants to return that item. They don't care how many people you're dealing with or who you're dealing with. They just want to return the item. So it processes, but they're becoming like, like, like the whole issue around architecture. They're becoming very multi entity um, types of beasts that we have to deal with. Right. Right. Um, any other things we're going to see in uh, IRM UK coming up or the other conferences coming up? Yeah. I think the, the IRM conferences, it, quite honestly, um, with apologies to everybody else I work with. 
Um, it really is my favorite conference of the year because it's been around for a while. Um, and it's a combination of enterprise architecture uh, and business process management. And then about five, six years ago, we realized this is massive overlap between the two. So we brought business architecture into it as well. It's very much a, a, a conference for, for people looking at the big picture and how do things all work together. And there's some really, really smart people who show up at that. And just some of the greatest things that happen are the outside of the presentation discussions, the things over a drink or a coffee or over lunch. Um, those discussions with these smart people are, are really worth it. That's what's worth it for me more than anything else, I think. So that's and coming up. A mixture of leaders and practitioners at this event? Yes, Paul. But, yeah. but the practitioners, practitioners are, many of them are, are quite seasoned. And, and they do have a, a broader view of the world, like as, as we we're talking about today. Well, I'm definitely hearing this idea about like your, you know, the method, the ide ideological wars are over between EA and BA, but acknowledging as well that there the still is not a bright line between those two things. There still has to be some definition. Yeah, I, I think I think you have to be careful. I mean, uh, you know, this is sort of, um, you know, the empire strikes back. We've got to be, be careful about that. Right, exactly. <laughs> Well, Roger, to, to, to close us out, I would like to just talk about, we always like to leave our audience with three things, three key themes they should take away. Um, so let's, let's what will those three things be? Yeah, I think, I think the first one is that, that people just just assume that, that the strategy, strategy they're getting is a good strategy. And what we see in so many cases, that strategy is poorly structured, poorly formed. Um, so for example, right now I have a client They've got uh, 35 um, OKRs, objectives and key results. And to get, in order to get funding for your project, you have to connect to at least one of them. And so we saw in this organization that um, we looked at one of the OKRs and we looked at all the projects that people were trying to justify. And we found 22 projects off of one objective. Um, and because that was the easiest one to get funding on. So it, it became a bit perverse that the strategy wasn't really being used as a strategy. So well-formed strategy, easy to understand, synthesized so you can make um, strategic choices about where to invest later. That's one. Two is don't skip the structural aspect. There are a lot of people who will do their strategy um, and they'll come up with, aha, we have an opportunity. Now let's launch a project. We have a new, a, a new um, regulatory requirement. Go out and do a project. Nothing in between. No process modeling, no capability modeling, no data structure, no key performance indicators determined. They dive right to a project. And later on, they're disappointed when they introduce unintended uh, consequences. So we might, we might call that the, uh, the ready, fire, aim. Um, yes, yes. Well, and, 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 and the interesting thing is, for all the people now talking about Agile, and that's what we're doing with Agile, but without the context of the business, your agile project can really disappoint you tremendously. Matter of fact, cause more problems. So good architecture should give agile that structure or the context within which they can be ready, fire, uh, aim. Ready, aim, fire. And I think it's, a I mean, yeah, agile, sorry. agile is a, I'm in the marketing world, but agile is a dangerous word as well as a useful one because some people mean, take that to mean you don't need any plan. Just start yeah, wildly yeah. thrashing away. And of course, that's not what it means at all. Um, you know, it's it's not that reckless in its, in its intent. Okay, so we've got well-formed strategy. We've got structure. Third one to me is priorities. So how do you establish? Because there's always um, there's always more work to do than people and, and money to do it. 
So how do you make the right choices is a really good question. So one of the things uh, we really see there is such so important is to make sure your strategy is consumable in terms of decision criteria. What are the five things we have to consider and how important is each one of them? When we start to say which processes, which capabilities should we invest in? And, and so having the decision criteria before we make the decision, before it becomes a matter of, of personal strength and, and, and um, uh, power within the organization, we all agree on how we make decisions before we make any decisions. Got it. I got it. And I always find useful in those sort of methodologies is some kind of forced choice methodology where, you know, it's too easy to say, you know, rank each of these strategies on a scale of one to five. They'll all get five. But if you say, here's 20 imaginary dollars, spread them amongst, you know, the seven strategies. Yeah, we, we always look at two things there. We always look at, we call it the pain gain. And so what is the pain? In other words, how badly performing is the thing that you want to change? And secondly, but how strategically important is it? Because something might be painful, but not important, and it's not worth the investment. Right. And so it's just, yeah, I, and we've seen many projects like that, which are just, I call them hygiene projects, right, which are, are good to get your ducks in order, but actually don't have huge impact. So we've got those three things we're going to take away is a well-formed strategy, is having structure, and doing the pain gain assessment of those priorities. Three great points there. Well, Roger, I'm sure some of our listeners are good to see you. So I encourage them to say hello to you at one of these upcoming events. It's great that these live events are coming back and we get to see each other in the flesh as well. There's a number of them happening this year. So that'd be good. Roger, thank you so much for your time today. And I hope to have you back on soon. Thank you, Will. It's a pleasure. Thank you. So a really interesting conversation with Roger there. And I do love the alliteration of collecting, connecting and correcting the dots. Also, three great top tips from there at the end, all about getting strategy, metrics, and decision-making criteria formulated and structured correctly before jumping to execution. And if you do that, much more chance of success. For more podcasts, blogs, and recorded webinars, please visit us at bizdesign.com, where there's a wealth of information available. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd encourage you to leave a review on the podcast platform you use. If you'd like to tell your EA story and feature on this podcast, then please email me, Will Scott, at podcast at bizdesign.com. Bizdesign is a leader in the area of enterprise architecture software that supports enterprise architecture teams in delivering value to their organizations, with a key focus on the value outcomes of strategy advancement, operational efficiency, and reducing risk. Thanks for your time today. 